0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Josh Button Podcast, number one. I uh, I figured in this first episode I was going to go ahead and give you a little background on who I am, not the male model most of you know, not commercial artist, not conspiracy theorist, but the real person, who I am, how I became this way, what my why is, and why this podcast has to be. I guess we got to go back to my youth when my father clearly instilled in me the need for truth and it being an absolutely positively priority for him. He wanted me to be an honest kid and grow up to be an honest man. And I uh, am forever grateful for that lesson and the installation of that need, how we got to The conclusions, or how we got to the place where I am now, is a long story, but let's just say it was a need from early on. I also have been completely focused on health and wellness for a long, long time, going back to my youth as well. I was probably 12 or 13 years old the first time I saw my father in the hospital with severe pancreatitis. It almost killed him. He was in the ICU for a couple weeks. He was in the hospital for several weeks. And at the time, to me, I didn't understand much, but I did understand that my father, my leader, strong, alpha, that I had known my entire life, was nothing like himself. And especially in this place, the hospital, he was nothing like himself. For me, for sure, it was traumatic experience. I, like I said, didn't understand much of it. But I did know I didn't want that outcome very young and I did not trust the situation in the hospital more than anything. And was it right or wrong? It doesn't really matter. It just, it wasn't comfortable. And when I say it wasn't comfortable, it was traumatic. I can't, I can't beat around the bush or sugarcoat it in any way, shape or form. I actually saw the doctors and the nurses, as aliens, as some foreign entity that had my, you know, father there in that bed against his will, in my mind and my opinion, and he lost a lot of weight. He went through severe pain, and the pain management was heavily medicating him. And he said things when I was in the when he was in the hospital and I was in the room that completely blew my mind as a kid, uh, especially. As clear and coherent as my father was normally. To see him in that condition was, you know, as to be expected, very, very confusing. He wasn't the only person in my family or extended family that had poor health outcomes. I think my entire youth, I could see from one situation to another, or one circumstance or another, um, poor health outcomes that I wanted to avoid. I was dead set on avoiding. And I made it a priority to not repeat some of those same things. Whether I understood how at the time or not, I would grow and mature and make decisions based upon that need. I refused to be a dependent from very young. Uh, dependent on insurance, dependent on pharmaceuticals, dependent on doctors. It's the last place I want to be. I do not want to be in a hospital. I do not want to be in a doctor's office. And it goes back as long as I can remember. I have had a few things, ailments and other issues as an adult. And in those situations, each and every time, the very last resort for myself would be going to a medical professional and especially taking a pharmaceutical i had to find alternatives i had a need deep-seated need to find alternatives and when my health presented issues that i was very uncomfortable with troubled by um or distraught even with i have always sought holistic measures. I found fasting in my early 20s. So a lot of the time I was modeling. I was an intermittent faster. I used to follow it a protocol we called the caveman diet, where I would eat one meal a day. And uh, initially I would say I found that due to financial hardship and due to needing to stay within measurements and precise measurements for a position that I had at Armani Exchange. I was a fit model for Armani for 10 years, and the measurements that I was, you know, defined by were a medium. I would not say I was in the best of shape. I would not say I was the healthiest person. But I was manipulating my body to stay within those measurements for a long time. And I found a lot of creative ways to do so. The caveman diet, the warrior diet, certainly served a purpose. It was at times stressful um, because there were other areas of my life where I was completely abusing myself, probably due to not being true to who I really was or who I wanted to be. I was smoking cigarettes. I was—I've smoked weed for twenty plus years. It, you know, that one. I've just recently given up again and have decided that that's probably not best for one. I'm trying to be as productive as possible. But otherwise, I have no issues with it all. I did have issues with alcohol and cigarettes and eventually drug use, which was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, To be quite honest, I had an issue with more than one drug. But I didn't see it as an issue during the years of, you know, party and carrying on with within circles where it was completely normal. In New York City, I remember happy hour being a fundamental practice. It was part of my work life, part of my personal life. It seemed like the normal, regular activity. That's just what we did. I would even go to the gym before happy hour. But happy hour and drinks with friends and coworkers was the norm. Uh, I had a long, 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 long battle with alcohol before I ever really admitted that I had a problem with alcohol and that alcohol probably wasn't good for me. It was the one area of my life where I would say I completely ignored health and wellness and uh, staying in shape as far as the measurements go was a priority because of income. Uh, I was not being true to myself, though. I grew up as an athlete. I grew up playing football, basketball. I wrestled, ran track, and when I was in New York modeling, I'd just, I'd hit the treadmill. I'd go to the gym, um, but I wasn't really prioritizing being an athlete, a competitive, you know, individual that I was. I wasn't really competing with myself. I was doing just enough to stay within the particular measurements that I needed to for work. I would say. Five to six years in New York, going through those almost numbing experiences uh, led me to the place where I knew I had to leave. It wasn't just winter, but winter was really bad, really hard for me personally. I would get the seasonal depression, wasn't getting enough sun, I'd come out of the office and it was dark out. And the change for myself, at that time, I saw, oh, I got to get back into a sunny environment. And that's what inspired the move to California, Southern California, which was absolutely the right thing to do. I couldn't have done New York City for, you know, a lot more time, that's for sure. But I still had those habits. I still was drinking. I still would you know, prioritize happy hour, having the drinks with friends and going out Friday nights and, you know, sleeping late on the weekends, wasting time, wasting energy, precious life reserves. And I would say that it was rock bottom when I would be there sleeping in and have the realization I've done this to myself again and again and again. And I just couldn't get out of that loop. I didn't understand it. Fortunately, somewhere along the line, before 2016, I decided it was time. I had to change my life. I had to grow up. I had to give up some of the habits that I knew were holding me back. They were debilitating. So I did. Best thing I ever did was deciding to, no matter how hard it was, Just reject the norms. The norms for my social circles, for my life, for my habits, they had to go. Change was a necessity if I was going to be true to myself. And when I talk about truth and the need for truth, I guess I've always been a conspiracy theorist and I've always been a truth seeker. And I remember after 9-11... People wouldn't have the conversations. People would not entertain the possibility that their government was lying to them, that health experts were lying to them, that they were wrong, that the science could be manipulated, that there would be enough people involved in these things to really pull the wool over our eyes in such grand ways. And I carried that with me. I had a small circle of friends who were most definitely aware that not everything was as we were taught it was. Not everything was being presented to us in a truthful manner. The, I am grateful for the circles. I am grateful for the inspiration slash influences that I had throughout those times that, you know, kind of set my soul at ease. Because otherwise, I think it was enough to really disturb people, really disturb an individual when they said, everybody believes something that I don't why do I believe something that's so far from everybody else's reality and I hold it as the absolute truth I would offer this conversation in various situations work situations which they probably shouldn't have been brought up or kind of like talking politics at the dinner table with people you know you have differences with you don't really need to, but it would come up and I would see the reactions from people for the longest time. You must be out of your mind to believe some of this, to believe the Bushes and the Cheneys were in on 9-11 or that it was an inside job was mind-boggling to most people when I had those conversations. Fast forward. I'm a sober guy. COVID comes up. I am dropping these bombs on people during COVID. Especially in the beginning. Saying you cannot believe everything you see on TV. Actually, you shouldn't believe most of the things you see on TV. And you have to question it. You, you just have to question it. Again, I kind of saw the same reactions that I would get years and years ago to conspiracy slash truth conversations where people just could not possibly believe... Anything but what was coming across the television, what the media was portraying, what they were hearing, what they were seeing on TV. And it was disturbing. It was very disturbing. It was disturbing to me. It was outright mind boggling and disturbing to see children wearing masks, socially distanced on playgrounds. That one's going to stick with me for a long time. But I had to stand my ground and tell the truth. And I had to stand my ground and turn down wearing the mask, taking the test. These are medical procedures, and I didn't, uh, I didn't see my choice to not take a test as anybody else's business, until it started coming to me from my social circles and employers that I needed to do these things and that I was expected to do these things. And for me, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Uncomfortable with it would have been an understatement. I was furious that this was brought into my face, that it was brought to my attention that I wasn't complying on behalf of other people and I wasn't taking care of them and I didn't care about them because I wouldn't comply. I didn't believe in compliance. Before COVID, there was no way that COVID was going to change that about me. And the inspection, the attention to detail, the reading, the digging, the searching for any alternatives to what was coming across mainstream media, I had need-based. So I spent an incredible incredible amount of time when other people were enjoying their dinners and going out to drinks or staying at home at drinks when we were on lockdown, an incredible amount of time doing the research, doing due diligence and trying my best to not only understand the situation, but to take tidbits to share with people I knew would be better served if they had this information. Why? Because they were living in fear, an absolute perpetual state of fear. And that's exactly what it seemed like the intention was by the mainstream media. If you go back and you see some of the videos now, I think you can you can probably draw a different conclusion on a lot of it. But in the very beginning, this was new to most people, new to a lot of people, because I guess the H1N1 and all the other viruses before kind of didn't hit quite as close to them or at home, and they had no reason to really do due diligence or to think anything about it, think twice about it. But now we were all expected to wear these masks, take the tests, eventually take the vaccine, and do things that were very personal decisions on behalf of other people. And these things are not without consequence, not even wearing the mask. Socially distancing is not without consequence. The lack of human contact has consequences. I, I, I feel when I was in certain social circles, especially in California where I was, it hit home with me cl- really closely because we went from surfing waves, having a good time, uh, going on hikes, seeing other people on the hiking trails, seeing people go to the grocery store without thinking twice, and then immediately People were looking at each other with a, in my opinion, a very irrational outlook like they may be a danger to themselves or you may be a danger to me if you get too close. And that paranoia slash, in my opinion, irrational fear was ridiculous. It was enough in itself for me to see how blatantly manipulable people are and I don't want to call everybody a coward because they didn't stand their ground or because they didn't do the same things I did or choose to do. But when we're going to our neighbors, we're going to our associates, when we're going to strangers and we're demanding them take action on our behalfs, that is irrational. That is completely irrational. I. I will forever be grateful for my experiences that led up to covid so that i did make the decisions i did regardless of the consequences at the time but there were heavily heavy heavy consequences it was life-changing life-altering and there's no way around that it's in the past social media their response to it to silence the dissenters or the censor the misinformationist absolutely mind-boggling. I know that I had personal experiences where people pointed out that I was being reprimanded online for lying when I knew I was not sharing lies. I knew I wouldn't share lies. I wouldn't try to manipulate people and it was detrimental to relationships. It was detrimental to what they call mental health these days, which I'm not a big buyer on a mental health crisis. I think social media certainly has consequences, especially people when they're predisposed to sit there and scroll it all day. But I'm not one to buy into humans are weak. I think we're resilient. I think we have, and I believe in, our... Ability to not only heal ourselves, but our body's ability to heal themselves. And I believe if we're not distracted by falsehoods and technology and authorities, that we're all resilient creatures. I think we've proven that. The need for truth to me is paramount now more than ever. Because of the consequences, the dire consequences for everyone out there, the children that cannot yet make their decisions are having really irrational, I don't want to call them weak, but weak slash manipulated individuals making decisions on their behalf, which are absolutely detrimental to their future and our future. If you go back through this entire experience and you see the way the kids were treated alone and you're not furious, I am afraid you are desensitized to the point of no return. That is the most unfortunate outcome of all of this is what we will see for years to come From these youth. And they don't know any different. They didn't, if they weren't growing up ahead of this, I guess this is their first experience with medical tyranny. But that doesn't make it right. It doesn't. And I was so completely disappointed by the lack of individuals. Not only individuals with extreme means to fight back or to take stands, but individuals in general, whether it be from the grocery store lines to social distancing in public spaces, outdoors, and people's willingness to confront individuals for not complying. To me, it was all mobilizing. It was mobilizing In the sense that I knew I had to do something, I had to speak up, because if I don't, and people like me who saw through a lot of the propaganda don't, we're in extreme trouble. The future of mankind depends on truth. If we can't take that away from this whole last few years, what are we taking away from this? This is going to repeat itself. They will... Try it again. With another virus or something else along those lines, we will be forced into situations where our neighbors are telling on us for not complying. Remember what it was like when you were a kid and somebody was the tattletale? We definitely learned in the last few years what people would have done had they been in World War II, World War One, Had they seen their government overstep their boundaries by long, long, long ways. People f- threw out the Constitution completely. They threw out their beliefs. They threw out American history in general. As soon as you told them that their neighbors were a threat to their health and their well-being. It's mind boggling. I am so grateful for the frontline doctors for Stanford I had a couple doctors who put out some truth about with a study that got completely censored. Everybody that was censored, I'm grateful for you. Everyone that was an outlier in this whole thing who stood their ground, who was true to themselves, I am so grateful for you. This podcast, I will seek out those outliers. I will find the people that had the fortitude to withstand the pressure. To stand on their own two feet. On their own truth. On the truth. And make rational decisions. It's not all going to be anger. It's not all going to be resentment. I'm not resentful. I was extremely sad. I was really sad for a lot of individuals who I knew didn't need to be in the situation they were in. You don't need to live in fear. You can choose faith over fear in the face of the most dire circumstances. Writers in history have told us during tyranny, during times of turmoil, what can I do to improve my own current conditions, improve my life. How can I be a better man? How can I be a better person? And how can I consistently choose faith over fear, truth over propaganda, truth over the lies and manipulation of people that were too cowardly or did not have it in them to stand up for themselves and for their children. I love you all. Even those that didn't stand up for yourselves and didn't stand up for your kids, I wish nothing but the best for you. But I will not deny truth for your feelings or for any other reason. Like I said before, I wanted to name this podcast Truth Produces Health. But there's a lot of health practices I want to share with you as well. Things that have helped me overcome addiction, alcoholism, depression. Things that mainstream doctors and especially pharma pushers have not told us about. Things that our ancestors knew that we've neglected. Practices that can enrich our lives and our health every day. The first and foremost thing that we all need to be taking care of is ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves first. How dare we go and demand things from our neighbors, especially if we're not taking care of ourselves first, working on ourselves, making ourselves better people, improving our own conditions. It's as irrational as some of the practices that we took up during COVID to stop the spread of a disease, flu, virus, whatever you want to call it. Faith over fear and truth produces health. This was a need for me, a need, and I'm grateful for it because I Have spent countless hours, countless nights alone on a computer, in books, seeking out countless experts that were buried, censored, or had their character defamed repeatedly by, in my opinion, nothing more than profiteers off of our dis-ease off of our afflictions. We make pharmaceuticals a lot of money when we outsource any and everything to their means. They will make you a dependent for life on as many of their products as possible because it's a business. It's a business. Truth. Truth produces health. I hope I will assist you in finding truth and being completely able to heal yourself, to live your life, to choose faith over fear. Thank you for joining me. Episode number one. I'll get better at this stuff, and I'll bring on people who are going to help us, who are going to help share truth as they know it, their mantras, their mottos, the things that help them persevere, that help them to avoid dependence on any of it. Thanks for joining me. Josh Button Podcast. I'll see you all soon.